0: Today on The Girl Defined Show, we're talking with author Gretchen Saffels about her journey struggling with legalism, eating disorders, just not enoughness, and ultimately how she has found hope and freedom in Christ. What's up, y'all? It's Bethany here, and I am so excited for us to get to jump into this interview with Gretchen Sapphels. You may recognize her name. She's the founder of The Well-Watered Woman and the author of The Well-Watered Woman book, which is amazing, in the Companion Journal. So we're going to jump into that conversation and just hear more about Gretchen's journey of you know struggling with things that a lot of us have struggled with legalism just what that is what that looks like in her life kind of going from the good girl to striving to measure up um she also shares really openly and honestly about her struggle with eating di- with an eating disorder and how she in so many ways was like i could never imagine myself struggling with that and then found herself in that very place she also shares her journey of becoming a woman who actually loves god's word and found freedom and hope in his word. So this is a conversation that's going to be, I know, so encouraging to many of you. I just love that we get to bring these other voices onto the podcast and get to share their experiences um, and just encourage the sisterhood. It's awesome. I'm so excited. There's something huge happening though at Girl Defined that I want to share with you before we jump into that conversation. So if you've been keeping up with us over on Instagram at Girl Defined, you know that the whole launch of our devotional Shine Bright, 60 Days to Becoming a Girl Defined by God has been A little bit interesting. (laughs) We launched it and then it was unavailable on Amazon, unavailable on most booksellers, and it was just kind of a disaster. But God has been good and gracious and so many of you have went and (laughs) grabbed a copy of the book even when it wasn't available on the major sellers. So thank you for that. But it is available everywhere. So if you haven't grabbed a copy, now is your chance. You can go to Amazon. You can go directly to our website. You can pretty much go anywhere online you're going to want to grab a copy of the devotional because starting June 1st, we are having an amazing summer book club. So we are going to work through the devotional together. And even if you've already worked through it or you've already started it, come join us for the conversations. We're going to have a private Facebook group and Kristen and I are going to lead you through a summer study through the devotional Shine Bright. So every day you're going to have a word of encouragement. You're going to have discussion with the sisterhood. um, You're going to have accountability. So for two months, you're going to have this group Group, and then you you will have permanent access to it after the group, uh, the discussion ends. Uh, so you're going to be able to connect with the sisterhood, um, you know, encourage each other to continue being women who are in the Word even after the study ends. But starting June 1st, the Girl to Find Summer Study begins, and we'll we will do one day of the devotional every single day for 60 days. So you definitely want to have a copy of the book. Um, you can have the e-version, you can have the you know hard copy, whatever works best for you. But go to girldefine.com slash shine, and you'll find the link for the summer study. You have to sign up. You have to join. You can't just like jump in. You have to sign up in order to be a part of it. So I really encourage you to join the summer study. Um, having a copy of the book will be really helpful. This is just going to be such a fun time. So I just wanted to make sure that you knew about our summer study, summer book club, because uh, I'm really, really excited about it. So that's what's happening over there. And, you know, if you are listening to this and you are excited about this conversation, pause, pause right now and go give us a quick thumbs up on the podcast app. Okay. We need your support. We need the, this message to spread. So go do it. Go do it right now. <laughs> and I'll be waiting for you when you get back. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm really excited and I am just excited for this conversation. And uh, we are just going to jump right in and then I'll have a, a little. Uh, encouragement for you at the end. All right, let's jump into the conversation with Gretchen. Hey, Gretchen. I am so glad that you're here today. Thank you so much for joining me on the Girl Defined show. And I know this is a crazy time for you. It's busy. And I get that launching a book is crazy. And you just launched The Well-Watered Woman. Can you tell us a little bit about what your life has looked like launching this book and how you feel right now?
1: You know, my life has looked really normal, actually, in launching the book, as well as there's been some really exciting things, too. So it's this kind of like one end. I'm still doing all my laundry and <laughs> washing all the dishes and wiping, you know, snotty noses with my little boys and, and all of that. But then also within it been able to celebrate that God has brought this book to fruition. Um, I can honestly say that it is completely His grace that the book even exists, um, just even in sharing my story and some of the struggles that I've walked through, um, some of which I know we'll talk about today, that it is His grace that I am even here and this book is even out there. And so um, things have been exciting and exhausting and also really normal. But isn't that yes. just life though? like, yes. <laughs> We don't live on the mountaintop. We live in in between where we're just walking out our faith in everyday life.
0: That's exactly right. You know, Krista and I are actually launching a book right now. Well, it's a devotional shine bright. Yes. And I get, I get it. Cause you go from, okay, <laughs> let me do this interview or let me, you know, hop on social media. And then yeah. you're with your sweet kids or with yeah. your husband or at home and you look around and you're like, wait, there's dishes to do. And you know, yes. the, the magical fairies don't show up to, to take care of the other oh. part of your life. You, you still have yes. to be full, full mom, full wife, full everything. So I just really appreciate you, you know, spending a little bit of your time with us and, you know, the name of your book and the name of your ministry as a whole, The Well-Watered Woman, Mm -hmm. um, it's an interesting title and an interesting concept. Uh, Could you explain a little bit more about how that came to be and why you decided to name, I guess, the bulk of everything you do, The Well-Watered Woman? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So I grew up in the church and um, grew up feeling like Christianity and following Jesus is something that I did uh, to earn God's favor, to be a good person, um, and you know, to to basically make something in my life. And for a long time, I missed the beauty and the message of the gospel that changes us from the inside out. And the gospel tells us that there's nothing we can do to earn God's favor. There's nothing we can do um, to be right before Him other than all that Christ has done for us. He's the one who lived the sinless life. And he died in our place so that we could have new life in him. And Christ came to give us life. That is not just like, eh, you kind of, you know, this is a good life. No, Mm -hmm. he came to give us abundant life. That's what John 10, 10 says that the thief comes to steal, to kill and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life to the full. And so as I began to really understand the message of the gospel and be set free from my legalistic perfectionist mindset to walk out my daily faith in Jesus, a walk of grace and joy and purpose, I began to see that Christ didn't call us to a life Mm -hmm. of languishing, um, to a life of just trying harder, doing better, Mm -hmm. or even just making it every day. But He came to give us a life that is well watered and full and free. And we even see that in John chapter four, the woman at the well. Mm. We see Christ going out of his way to meet this woman who actually came in the middle of the day. She came at a time when other women wouldn't have been there. And Christ knew that. And he met her in his brokenness and he offers her living water. And that living water is himself. And so if we want to be well watered women, not dried up women, who are just chasing after the things of this world. Then we have to come to Jesus and to know Him. Mm. And the whole name "well watered" comes from Isaiah fifty-eight eleven. And in this chapter, Isaiah is um, prophesying and he's talking to the Israelites and he's showing them that this false religion um, that is just when your outer works don't match your heart. Um, this is not what God desires. Mm-hmm. He desires mm-hmm. that we actually live out what we say that our hearts are right before him. And when our hearts are right before God, it changes how we live and how we make decisions and yeah. what we do. And so Isaiah, he he lists all these different things, like taking care of the needy, pouring out, um, and also observing the Sabbath, all of these different things. And he says, and you will be like a well-watered garden, mm-hmm. like a spring whose waters never fail. Well, That spring is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so that's where the well-watered woman comes from. If we long to live this well-watered life, then we need to drink deeply from the well of God's word And Christ is the word. He's the one who gives us that fullness we long for. Mm
0: -hmm. And isn't that something that we need so desperately right now? I mean, not just coming off of 2020 and into 2021, um, but uh, always, but especially right now, I feel like there's so much just despair. And there has been a lot of heartbreak and just difficulties that people all over have faced, whether it's loss of work Mm -hmm. or loss of a family member or just, you know, that loneliness, not seeing people. I mean, it's been really, really hard. So when you talk about that fullness or... Mm -hmm. Just kind of like, you know, that the well-watered woman, like being filled up and spiritually full and that satisfaction and not just this lame life where you're like, okay, I have Jesus, but my life stinks, you know, but actually thriving. (laughs) I think that's something that is so appealing right now. But you did mention a word that, um, that struck me. You said the word legalism. And I think that's something we've touched on here on the Girl Defined show. Um, but it's not something we've you know, taken a deep dive into, but that, that is something legalism, you know, this action of striving to earn our salvation, to do these good works, really this religious behavior. We're doing all of these things to try to earn favor before God, to try to earn his, you know, approval of us. And that's something I came face to face with really. Uh, I didn't really realize it until, you know, maybe my early 20s, how really how much I was striving to measure up. And I just didn't fully understand where my worth came from and where my value came from. And really that the gospel, you know, destroys legalism. Jesus is everything. So what did that journey look like for you of growing up as a Christian? Because I know you became a Christian at a young age, but then still striving to measure up. How did that look for you?
1: Yes. So I became a follower of Christ at the age of seven. And, um, I, I can remember this day and this moment vividly. And I know a lot of people don't have maybe like a day and a moment, but I remember really just being drawn to the Lord and surrendering my life to him. And I loved Jesus, Bethany, like I loved him yeah. so much, but I still found myself feeling like if I messed up in any way, that I was a total failure and that God wouldn't love me.
0: I relate to that.
1: (laughs) Yes. And I, you know, this goes back way, way, but I remember um, in elementary school, I made a wrong decision and I saw someone's answer on a test and I decided to change my answer and, you know, thinking, okay, maybe this is the right answer. I cheated on that test and I was so brokenhearted over that. And I, when I look back, I don't remember experiencing the freedom in Jesus that I should have. Instead, I looked inwardly at, oh my goodness, I messed up. I'm a failure. Instead of bringing that moment to the Lord and saying, God, you know, I have sinned. I confess to sin to you and finding freedom in him. And so that mm-hmm. kind of set up this pattern of thinking, if I ever mess up, I'm going to disappoint God. I'm going to disappoint everybody else. So I can't mess up. I need to be the good girl who does everything right, yes. who follows all the rules, who, um, makes a goal and accomplishes it, who does the best in everything. And that kind of mindset really led me to legalism. Mm. And I, um, I went to a Christian school and I think that also played a role in it feeling like, okay, you know, i I really got to be the good yes. Christian girl. My dad was a pastor also, mm. when I was younger, and so there's a lot of pressure placed on pastors' kids to do it all right. Like you cannot mess yes. up. Yes, and so I see all of these things that Satan was like, "Ooh, I see that spot. Like this, I'm going to get her right there." And so it really wasn't until college that God broke me of this um, this desire for legalism for perfection. And it was actually through um, having an eating disorder. And this Mm. was something that I never, ever thought that I would struggle with. I actually remember telling my mom, um, in high school, and it's weird that I remember this, but I remember telling her, I can't imagine anybody ever having an eating disorder. Like, why would you not want to eat? Like, I, I remember saying that. And I think there's a reason I remember that because it was an area where I was like, oh, I've got this under control. Um, I think legaliz- legalism is often an area where we want to control our lives. We want to control mm-hmm. ourselves. Yes. And we also are elevating ourselves over God. We think that we can be God in a sense. You know, I can do all of these things. Yes, mm-hmm. It's impossible, right? Like yeah. sin has marred us, but Christ came to rescue us from sin because he lived the sinless life. Yes. He was tempted in every way yet was without sin. That's why he's our savior. He was the perfect sacrifice, um, the once and for all sacrifice. And so when I struggled with my eating disorder, my freshman year of college, so this is like big life transition. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I carried in with me all of this legalism, all of this desire for perfection to be seen and loved by others to, you know, to try to fight for my approval from God. And I started struggling with this eating disorder.
0: And was that in, did that, Does the struggle start in college? Yes, it did. It started my
1: second semester. And so I actually remember reading. um, So for all the college girls, you've probably heard of the freshman 15. And I had so many people say, oh, don't just don't gain the freshman 15. And me being this like legalistic, you know, okay, well, then I'm not going to gain the freshman 15. Um, Instead, I lost the freshman 25, which is not rare. And I shouldn't have lost any of that weight. And it was one of those things where I didn't even realize it at first. Um, that's what sin does; it blinds us. Mm. Um, it affects our vision so that we cannot see things clearly and as they are. But God, in His grace, opened my eyes to see wow. my brokenness and my need for Him, and that if I kept down this path of um, wanting to be perfect, of you know wanting to um, you know find God's approval. It was a path of destruction, a path of death, but Christ sets me free and in him, I can have Mm. true life. And so he used that. He was so gracious to use that moment of my breaking to really mend me even more um then i had allowed him to up until that point
0: yeah so rewinding a little bit cuz i know if i would you know if i'm listening and i don't know anything about the story i'm like i have yeah. questions you know tell me more <laughs> yep. um and i know we have chris and i have received so many emails and dms about these this exact struggle that you're talking about and so yes. for the girl who's in that place saying wow like no either nobody knows about this or they do and i've just i don't have that freedom um what was that specific I guess, process moment where you like the light came on and you realize like, wow, this is a problem. And then what were the steps that you took to eventually find freedom from that?
1: That's such a good question because for the person who's listening or, you know, all of these girls who have reached out to you, when you're in the, the pit of an eating disorder, you can feel like you're the only one. Like nobody else will ever understand what you're going through. And it's also something that people try to hide and some people are able to, but for me, I had lost so much weight Mm. that it was visible in my appearance. It was was visible in um, the way that I was eating or avoiding eating. Um, And so there was a few different uh, moments that God used to really open my eyes to What I was struggling with. And so the first one was I remember my mom and I were going spring shopping. And the reason we really had to go spring shopping was I had lost so much weight and none of my clothes were fitting. And Mm -hmm. normally, like, I love to shop, I love finding cute clothes. I majored in fashion merchandising. Like, that's really fun to me. Yeah. But I remember trying on a pair of shorts at Old Navy, like some Bermuda shorts and they were they were so small and i felt proud of myself I, I looked at myself in the mirror and i was like i am this size like i've mm. done it i finally mm-hmm. reached the size that i feel like is beautiful and i looked at my mom for that affirmation because we would always go shopping and she would say oh you know that's so cute i love that you know and we'd but instead she looked at me and she she had tears in her eyes and mm-hmm. um and so much concern and I remember leaving that day from going shopping with her and we had some new things and we were going to go out to eat. And i had already felt this happiness because I, I, I was beginning to see, okay, I think something's not right. <laughs> um, you know, seeing my mom's response, yeah. like we are so close to each other. And, um, and I knew that something was wrong. Well, so and we did
0: you gonna... know, like at this point, did you realize the depth of your struggle or was, were you I a didn't. little blinded? Okay. I was blinded for okay. sure.
1: And so we were going out to eat and to my favorite restaurant. I loved going to Carabas. Mm. and, um, you know, they were going to place an order and I was like, I can't eat anything here. Mm. And, um, again, this was, you know, growing up, this was my favorite place to go. Wow. And that's when I realized I, I have a problem. Like yeah. I, this, I have literally jumped into this pit and I felt so broken, so embarrassed, so hopeless. And it wasn't long after that. So uh, my parents and I, we talked about that. We decided that mm-hmm. um, I would stay home with them that summer um, and, you know, start Christian counseling. Yeah. And it wasn't long after that, that I had lost so much weight. My body was actually being affected by it. So um, since I wasn't getting the nutrients I needed, I started losing my hair.
0: Wow. And
1: I remember being at college and again we were getting close to the semester being over and um I remember washing my hair and just clumps of hair falling out in my hands and wow. as a girl that's like the worst thing. That yes. he, I mean, you know, I was seeking this beauty and then what I was doing was actually making my body break. Yeah. And I went to one of my roommates who was uh, who's a close friend and I said, "Am I losing my hair?" Like I I I didn't even realize this was happening. Wow! And she looked at me and again, like she's still a dear friend of mine and just said, Gretchen, yes. And oh, that just broke me to see even the repercussions of this battle and the stronghold. And so um, I also want to say that I I wish that overnight everything went away, you know, yes. but I can't think of really many things that I, I know that that happens sometimes for people. Um, but a lot of times when you have been walking through a stronghold like that, um, that has really affected your thinking, your believing your habits, all of those things, it takes time. Yeah. Um, but God is able to rescue us from Anything, any addiction, any stronghold, any brokenness. Yeah. So I, um, well, one of the first things is talking to people about it. So um, bringing what is in the darkness yeah. out into the light. So Absolutely. again, it, it was something that I thought, you know, I was hiding it from other people, but they could see, um, you know, they could see that there was something going on. And mm-hmm. so having, um, I was at a really wonderful church in college. And so um, going to my pastor's wife who mentored me and talking to her about it mm. and um just you know other trusted women and mentors yes. alongside my mom and my sister and my dad um you know having these people who could encourage me and pray for me and yes. even grieve with me and hope with me along the way was so important we cannot and we should not walk through life alone that's why mm. god he has given us his church the body of christ who they are you know this This witness, this physical representation of Jesus ministering to us. Um, And then Christian counseling. Mm -hmm. Um, So Mm -hmm. seeing a Christian counselor was key to being able to process um, these negative thoughts and beliefs that I had believed for so many years. Um, We cannot change what we don't recognize is even there. Um, and so I had to have somebody help me see, um, that's why we have mentors in the Christian life because we need someone to walk alongside us and to be that extra pair of eyes at times to help us see these struggles, these lies, these, um, misguided beliefs so we can replace them with the truth, with, Mm -hmm. um, what God says, who he is and who he says we are. Yeah. And so, um, and then I remember there were several things that I just had to stop doing um, like going to the gym as many times as I was going to, I had to mm. cut those things out because I they were idols in my life. Yeah, and um, and then also I took burst cards with me everywhere. So um, this was like a long time ago when phones were not you know as in depth as they yes. are. Like there was no Bible <laughs> app. Like yes. I had to have my Bible with me. Yeah, and so I can actually see over on my bookshelf right now because um, I brought them out the other day. I can see my little note card set that I used in college. And this was like 15 years ago, wow. um, which that makes me sound really old. I realized <laughs> I'm right there with you. I'm okay. like, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yes, And so I see those cards. I took them everywhere with me. Like wow. when I was, um, when I was studying in our student center, I would have those cards sitting out next to my study cards because I was so desperate for yes. God. I was so desperate for his truth yes. and those Uh, you know, those verse cards, they anchored my soul Yeah, and they slowly began to just chip away at these lies and really dig up these rotten roots and plant that plant instead gospel truth. And so um, it took years uh, for, you know, for my mind and my body to heal. But in that process, God has done such a sanctifying work. And that's why I want to share this story with other people because I remember thinking God's never going to use me again. Mm. I, I have done the absolute worst thing. And I thought my testimony was ruined and God and said, instead, you know, said your testimony, this is the making of your testimony. Actually, like Mm -hmm. this is the story that you will share for my glory to bring other people to me. Mm. I'm just sure that it's not, oh, look, Gretchen lived the perfect Christian life. Yes. No, no, not at all. Only Christ did that. Yeah. And so God, he, he brought me out of that darkness into light and, um, and it was hard and it was mm. soul scrubbing. And I actually have a journal where I really processed through, I, I'm a journaler. I love to, yeah, same. it just helps me process and remember but even when I look at this journal, it's purple. It has flowers on it. Like I can literally describe everything. Yeah. I still, I look at it with heaviness in mm. my heart, um, but I also look at it with hope. Like it's mm. this just kind of Ebenezer stone that God brought me through one of the hardest things that I've ever walked yeah. through.
0: Wow. That's such a hope-filled story, even though it's filled with struggle, but the freedom and you know, the fact that you are on here and that you just wrote a book, you know, talking all about being just a woman of the word and filled up with Christ and thriving in your relationship with him. I love how the answers aren't, you know, you just got to, you know, make something of yourself and just, you know, search inward and become just more of who you are. You know, it's the answers are rooted in something unchanging and your foundation is in Christ, which, you know, it's all of him and not us. You know, you know, yes. We look at the world and we see just the answer is to look within and to be enough and to tell yeah. yourself that um, you are more. You know, and to me that's so depressing because it is. you know we have these moments where we're like, wow. At the end of the day, I look in the mirror and I know I'm not enough. I know yes. I don't have what it takes, and and it's just awful because it's like, well, what else is there, you know? And so yeah. I love that you emphasize that the answer wasn't within yourself and that you really yeah. did you brought it to the light, sought you know repentance and forgiveness and in Christ, but then yes. you know surrounded yourself with godly men and women who could mm. help you find freedom and then help you walk forward in freedom. But ultimately, it was about your relationship. With God and your relationship with Christ. And I love so much that we serve a God who is enough for us. And he doesn't need us to be perfect. He doesn't need us to have enough strength or energy or wisdom because it's all about him. And I, you know, I think back to the disciples, I always love to think of them because they were a kind of a a crazy (laughs) bunch and they were underqualified in so many ways. And those were the people that God chose to be like his 12, his main people, Mm. you know? And so I think of myself, I think of you and it's like, wow, if God could use them, he can use (laughs) anyone. And you think back to scripture and you think of, you know, the people like, I I love to think of Rahab, you know, she was literally in the lineage of Jesus, a former prostitute who, you know, was on the wrong side of everything that she needed to be, to be a part of of God's kingdom, but he chose to use her. She had repentance, true repentance, and he offered forgiveness and he used her and literally put her in the lineage of Jesus, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. And so I just love that we serve a God who has everything and we can come to him fully broken saying, God, I don't have what it takes. I'm not enough. I will never be enough. I am just a mess, (laughs) but I come to you and I don't want to stay this way. I want you to give me your righteousness, your perfection, your strength so that not that I can be a better person and, you know, make my own little impact on this world, but to point others to you, to shine mm. for you, to point others to, to your word. And so that kind of takes us to the entire purpose of your ministry and your new book, The Well-Watered Woman. Why mm. is it so crucial when we are struggling, when we even when we feel like we're thriving, why is it so crucial for us to be women who are in the word, who know God's word, um, and just Grow in our relationship with Him. Why is that essential?
1: Yeah, I mean, so Martin Luther once said that um, every morning he spent three hours. He was so busy that every morning he spent three hours in prayer. Wow! And and I love that was my paraphrase of it. He says yeah. it almost yeah yeah yeah. But basically, what he was saying is that I can never be too busy to need God. As a mm-hmm. matter of fact, the busier I am the more desperate I should be for him. And so as Christians, as followers of Jesus, if we want to know him, we have to know the word. John 1, 1, says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Jesus is the living word of God. There is no other book. There's no Instagram post. There's no website that is living and active like the word of God is. And God's word is unchanging, but it always changes us. So when we are not in God's word, we are easily shifted and swayed by culture and by the things of this world and by people who are teaching a false mm. gospel, a narrative that is contrary to the Lord. Mm. And I know that I, when I don't spend time in God's word, I always regret it. I never yes. have sat down, spent time with the Lord, studying scripture, praying, um, you know, reading the word and regretted it. Ever. Yeah. Like I mm-hmm. literally, I have been following Jesus for, um, oh man, I can't do the math right now, but for over 20, <laughs> a while 20 seven years and I have never walked away from God's word empty-handed. yeah God is who fills us and he mm-hmm. has given us his word. He's made himself known. Um, I was actually talking to my five-year-old this morning. We were talking about just the importance of being in God's word. First thing. And, and, you know, I was, I was telling him, this is, this is God's word and he wants us to know him, but he's also made himself known to us. Like what a gift that we can know God. Mm-hmm. I, I think that we take that for granted, yeah. especially if, um, you know, you've grown up in the church, um, and you just see going to church as something to check off your list, your to-do list or reading your Bible. Like I just got to do that today. And then I can, Move on with the rest of our days. Yeah. But Christ should be our life. And mm. um, like literally, Paul says that Christ, who is your life. And so, if we long to be women who live fruitful, free, abundant lives, then we have to be rooted deeply in God's word. And our identity needs to come from Him and what mm. He has done for us, than who He says that we are. Mm. And so, when I have walked through seasons where it feels like I'm just in a desert and I'm languishing and I'm struggling a lot of times. Um, and now there are times when I am in God's word in those seasons. Yeah. Um, and yet I still need to be disciplined to keep coming back to him because he's faithful and his word will give my soul what it needs. See, this daily um provision of God's grace to us. But the 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 longing for God, mm-hmm. um, it, it's Satisfied and it's also stirred by knowing His Word. Yeah. Um. And so, so yeah, being being in the Word is not something as a believer that's like, a, oh, that would be nice to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's actually the fuel for our lives. Yeah. That's what motivates us. That's what changes us. That's what gives us joy and delight. That's what helps us know Jesus. That's what gives us the love we need to uh, care for our friends and love them them well. That's what gives us our purpose. Is yeah.
0: God's word because that's how he's made himself known. Mm -hmm. And girls, if you're listening and you're thinking like, great, I I want to learn how to be in the word. I want to understand this better. Well, that's exactly why you, Gretchen, wrote this book, The Well-Watered Woman. It's, you know, I love the subtitle, Rooted in Truth, Growing in Grace, Flourishing in Faith. So if you want to be a girl or a woman who is rooted in truth, who is growing in grace and who Mm -hmm. is flourishing in faith, um, Gretchen's new book, The Well-Watered Woman, can help you to do that. And you can get it wherever books are sold, or you can just go straight to Gretchen's website, wellwateredwoman.com. And Well Watered Woman, you can follow her on social media. Gretchen, thank you so much for taking the time to share with us this conversation. We could yes. take a deep dive on literally like every <laughs> part of what you said, but I know that's yes. why why you put it in a book because you can't, you know, we can't sit here <laughs> for eight hours, but I have loved this so much. Um, oh I, I just thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy life and busy day to be here with us. Is there any just final word, anything you'd like to leave with the girls? Yeah. I just want to encourage
1: them that Christ is for you. Like he loves you. And the Christ life is the full life. Um, if you long to live this abundant and free and fruitful life, you're not going to find it in anything in this world in anything that you can do and accomplish, but in all that Jesus has done for you. And so if you are even walking through some of these battles that we talked about, um, legalism or perfection or an eating disorder. These things are not the end of your story. Mm. They are not the end of um, who you are. They are not the definition of your identity, but in Christ, you can be a new creation Mm. and he gives you the freedom and the hope that you long for. So this Mm. is not the end. This is part of your story. Keep journeying
0: with Jesus. Amen. What a great word to end on. Thanks so much, Gretchen. And thank you girls for tuning in. I really love these conversations, these weekly conversations we get to have together. Definitely make sure that you are subscribed and following along and definitely go follow Gretchen on social media or on her website, The Well-Watered Woman. Uh, And we will see you next week. What an awesome conversation. I just loved Gretchen's openness and her honesty, um, sharing about things that a lot of us don't even want to admit to having struggled with. Legalism, you know, trying to earn our salvation, trying to do good works to measure up. Um, that's something that is definitely in the category of things I struggled with and struggle with. Um, an eating disorder that, you know, is something so relatable to girls and to women. And I think with the pressure of just media and social media, it's a conversation that we need to be having. So, thank you so much to Gretchen for just being open and honest and sharing and sharing about her new book, The Well-Watered Woman. I really encourage you to go grab a copy if you haven't already. Um, You're going to just be so blessed and so encouraged by just her work and her hours of pouring into this resource to help you become a woman who is in the word. I'm just super grateful for that. Um, If you need more encouragement, if you like this conversation, I really encourage you to go back, start with episode one. I'm not even kidding. Put it on like speed and a half. And just as you're You know, driving as you're waiting for something, as you're going to bed at night, um, you know, doing chores around the house. Plug in an episode and listen. The encouragement that you're going to get from these conversations is is going to be huge, and it's just going to be an anchor to remind you: like you're not in this fight alone, you're not in this battle alone. There are other sisters in Christ striving to honor the Lord, and we're in it together. So we're here for you, sister. We're we're linking arms. We are right there with you, and this podcast is for you. It's just to encourage you and to encourage you to you know, keep going, to stand strong. We have some amazing conversations coming up. So we are going to have a conversation soon with Gary Thomas, the author of The Sacred Search or Sacred Marriage. You might recognize that. Uh, such an incredible conversation all about dating and finding the one. And Gary Thomas is just an incredible, incredibly wise man. So that's coming up. We also have a conversation with uh, Adam and Carissa King from Dear Young Married Couple. We had a very open and very transparent conversation about how to prepare for sex on your honeymoon. So that conversation, it will definitely have some disclaimers as to who it might be appropriate for, but that if you are in the season of seriously dating, engaged, or first few years of marriage, or maybe you've married for y- longer, that conversation is, wow, very eye-opening, very helpful. And we went to a lot of the places that people just don't often talk about, and I think it's necessary for women. So we've got some really, really good stuff coming up. I cannot wait for you to catch those conversations. Um, but in the meantime, go give a, give us a five-star review so that this this episode spreads and this podcast spreads, and we will see you next week.